Welcome to the third episode of Alphabet Scoop, an alphabetical podcast where every episode is dedicated to a subject starting with the letter of the alphabet. Today's soup of the day is C for cards. But before we get into that, I am, as always, Heather or Ms. Fizzbiz, and. Hi, I'm Ben. And Ben's here too. I'm also here for now. But not in the same here. No, yeah, not within the same here as everyone else listening. Internet land. We only exist on the internet. Yeah, so don't log off or we'll die. And I'm feeling pretty hungry, Heather. Oh, yeah? Would you like a steaming bowl of history? <laughs> no, I want something I can actually eat. Well, too bad, because this is what you're getting. Okay. So, somebody pretty famous was actually born on this day in history. January 27th, oh, 1756. Really? Oh, I thought you meant like today someone was born and you know they're going to be really famous. Uh, no. Sadly, I am not a psychic. Oh, who was it? It was Mozart. Oh, hey, cool. I've heard of that guy. He makes music or something, right? Yeah, I've heard that his latest mixtape was pretty cool. Was it on fire? Is it was. It was on fleek. Oh, okay. that stuff kids say now? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So, happy 260th birthday to Mozart. <laughs> we'll cover him on C's for Composers. Oh, wait. Oops. Well, <laughs> maybe we can do that next time around. If it, yeah, if it somehow ends up on his birthday again, we definitely will. Also, uh, sort of a podcasting-related fact, today in 1948, the first commercially produced tape recorders were sold. Hey! And coming up soon, we will have an Alphabet Scoop store where all the podcasts will be on tape recorders. Hipsters, get out your wallets. They probably don't even carry wallets. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of what the hipster equivalent of a wallet would be. Your coin purse. <laughs> they, all, they keep their cards in their coin purse. Yes. Or they refuse to pay with credit card. They, they still pay with checks for everything. Uh, n No, but for real, they probably all have iPhones and they pay with that square thing. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, happy birthday, hipsters. Is that what the history was? No, wait. Sure. The tape recorder. Tape Mozart, recorder the original Mozart. hipster. <laughs> was he? Well, anyway, speaking of Mozart, playing cards. Because he was the king of all musicians back then. That's not a good segue, really. Well, speaking of Mozart's art, uh, where else would you find art on playing cards? There was even a guy called the Master of the Playing Cards, and it's a mystery about who he even is. We just know what? he it's some guy. He's the, he's called the first major master in the history of printmaking, whatever that means. Uh, he was active in like Germany in the mid 1400s 
and he designed like the first artsy playing cards that kind of are why our cards today are still artsy. Oh, you mean like the design with the people and the the sweeps and everything? Yeah. But so it's sort of his fault that it happened. But all right, back to the start of playing cards. And as always, I should follow our tradition. And uh, when would you guess the first reference to playing cards is or took place, happened, was written? Playing cards. It's, pro- it's probably after language and after milk. Well, maybe it's after well, language. There, there had to at least be numbers. Oh, did there? And, well, well, there were, though, I, don't I think. Know. Maybe they were Roman numerals. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with uh, 14. No, that doesn't seem early enough. I'm gonna go with oh, the year 800. You're actually really close. Oh. Yeah, what you win bonus points that you can try to keep in the bonus round later on the quiz. Uh, 868. Hey, I was in the right not, not century, at least. Yeah, you were. You're within 68 years, and so out of all of the possible years that have ever existed, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good estimate. Uh, it was in China. It, it was just a reference. Um, a Chinese writer, Su Yi, describes Princess Tong Chang playing the leaf game, and apparently that was playing cards. But uh, their playing cards were nothing like the ones we have now. Uh, they were very expensive back then because you had to have lots of very similar looking cards so you couldn't cheat. And getting them all that exact with the art and everything cost a lot of money. Yeah, so back then it would yeah uh, they were called leaves or leaves I guess I'm not sure which one I probably it's leaves since it's english that i'm saying it in but they said it in chinese back then uh it was not the 52 card deck back then it was just the 32 since the beginning of those they've almost always been suits in cards they had four, uh, four suits back then but they were coins strings of coins myriads which are lots of strings of coins and tens of myriads so it's just more and more and more strings of coins. So I guess it's not a super diverse suit list, but hey, it's the first one we had. And from there, oh. because of the Silk Road, the whole trading thing, uh, these playing cards got spread to like Persia, India, Egypt, and from Egypt they went north into Europe, where they really became what we know as playing cards today. It's like uh, like the Italian suits were cups, coins, clubs, and swords. And the clubs then were like actual like a, a club you hit someone with kind of club, not a little clover like we have now. Oh, is that why they're actually called clubs? Because I've always wondered about that. It is why they're called that. Now, see, all right, well, it ha- all because of Egypt. They had polo sticks, coins, swords, and cubs. Uh, cubs and cups and a lot of people think that uh this sort of thing or the suits are supposed to represent the different like uh, major occupations in that time so cups would be like you know chefs restaurants swords would be like just fighters and guards coins be like merchants and bankers and i guess polo sticks then was just sports people 
And then when America, not America, when Europe saw the polo sticks, there was no such thing as polo then yet, or at least to them there wasn't. So they thought they were just like clubs you smack people with instead, which is why they became <laughs> clubs. Oh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they spread uh, every part of Europe. Kind of came about cards in a different way. There were there have been like fifty six card decks all the way down to a twenty four card deck. Uh, f- uh, also, when they started adding in like trump cards, they needed trump cards, so they they had like the numbers. That's the easy part, one to ten, easy. They added in the three royals, but back then. Sometimes it was just a king and two knaves below him. Uh, knaves? Cl- yes, the knave is actually, it meant like a male child, or like you might hear in like, uh, what's that poem? They thought the knave of hearts stole some t- tarts from the queen of hearts. I forgot how the poem goes. It's like a nursery oh, yeah. poem. But it's the knave of hearts. It's in uh, Alice in Wonderland, too. So there was no queen for a while. I think the earliest reference of a queen we have is like in the 1300s before we got those and that was germany and then they got rid of it in the 1500s and french the french were like oh you know what we need it let's put it right underneath the king and the knave stayed the knave for a long time It, it took a long time to get to jack and a lot of cards were even king queen knight and then knave they took it so long to get rid of the stupid knave or the knight and just make it into a jack card instead now, most interestingly, is like, all right, so the word ace. I always wondered, why is there the word ace? Like, it's a one. Call it the one card. Uh, it apparently came from a dicing term, but that word was actually derived from the Latin word as, or probably as. It's just pronounced, or spelled A-S. It's a small unit of coinage. So it became just one, pretty much. And I guess we eventually put A's on it. Uh, cards, if you've noticed, they do not have square edges. They are rounded. Because square edges more easily bend and like wear down to make it more obvious. Uh, curvy corner cards can't. So we started oh, doing that. Okay. This is answering a lot of questions I've always had about cards and didn't even realize. <laughs> uh, and then the back. We had to figure out the back eventually. They used to be blank. Before the mid 1800s, uh, there there were blanks, or I mean, they didn't want blank anymore because you could write on them or mark them and do something like that and make them obvious. It started off with advertising on the back, like it could just be the actual card advertising or just someone else who takes an entire deck of cards and advertises on the back of all of them. And we still kind of like, do that, <laughs> like Ed's plumbing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ed could make his own set of cards that way if he wanted to. And, you know, tarot tarot reading and everything sounds all, like, mystical and old. It wasn't until the 19th century that that even happened. There was a tarot deck made for divination in 1791, but it wasn't a big thing until the 1900s. It was just, like, another sort of card game. By the way, tarot cards still has cups and swords as a couple of their uh, suits. So they kept it old. We uh-huh. we did not. Like, uh, yeah, Italy has cups, coins, clubs, and swords. So does Spain. Uh, some German had roses, bells, acorns, and shields. 
Ooh, that sounds fun. Because I, well, I want to like play Swiss with those German. cards. That's like a more like rural deck as it came through the years. And so they needed stuff that related to them. Uh, and then there were leaves in Germany. You had hearts, bells, acorns, and leaves. And that's why we have hearts now. The leaf, by the way, is the spade now. Because it has the same kind of leaf shape. They actually used to be called leaves, so it makes sense. The acorns became a sort of clover, even though we still call them clubs. Oh, and the spade is not actually supposed to be like a shovel spade head. It's supposed to be like a pike, like the weapon thing. It's supposed to be the top of a pike, but we thought they were spades, so they're spades now. Well, I guess the UK, because they call shovel spades. Oh, okay. I don't know why diamonds became diamonds, but they did. I guess because, well, it was always coins and bells, so it was like money stuff. So we just took it and made it diamonds cause, because that's probably easier to draw for one. And, uh, yeah, that's a little easier than a rose or an acorn or something. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of kept the two-color the two color suit thing to help differentiate it. That was added pretty late. Some places right now, I think it might be France, has a four-suit thing for some games. Or a four-color suit. Sorry, for each suit's a different color that way. Which would be kind of colorful and fun. Uh, it took a long time for us to finally add in the uh, cards that are the same upside down or right side up but that was so you wouldn't have to flip your cards over to know what they are because if it's a king or a queen or a jack it could be obvious that you're flipping it over to see who is on there whereas you wouldn't have to flip over like a three. Oh yeah and then you could cheat yeah so we had to do all sorts of stuff with that now have you ever wondered why the ace of spades is so fancy Yes. Because I always wondered that. I always thought, wow, this card must be really special. It's always all ornate and cool looking. That's because of taxes. That doesn't sound cool. All right. So as cards started getting popular everywhere, a lot of places wanted to ban them. Because they were leading to gambling and drunkenness and fights because of all the gambling. And so, like, and trouble with a capital T. Oh, definitely that. The Catholic Church denounced and banned them. You are not allowed to play cards, at least back then. And then, like, even some kings did not want it to be hap or be happening. They started raising taxes specifically on cards, just because of what they were doing. It started off a small tax. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. And started being just, I think, like the equivalent of $20 tax on a pack of cards. Wow. So it was like a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. So, uh, well, there was this guy named Richard Harding who thought he'd try to get around all the taxes. So what he did was, back then, to show that a deck of cards was official and had been bought, you'd have to buy the deck take it up there to whoever is the tax person and they would give you their le the last card for the deck. You wouldn't even have the full deck unless you went specifically to go pay the taxes on it. And on this card, it was the Ace of Spades. They would put a big stamp on it. It had to be big and f a fancy stamp so that way you couldn't forge it easily if it was just like a tiny diamond on there or something. 
So if you have that stamp, then you have officially made, you officially have bought and paid taxes on your deck of cards. And for some reason, we kept that tradition of the big fancy Ace of Spades, even though it was just tax purposes back then. Well, this guy, Richard Harding, he forged thousands of Ace of Spades and would just hand them out to people who wanted to buy decks of cards. So they wanted to uh, pay taxes on them. And he was sentenced to death. Whoa, that seems pretty extreme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. But, well, he, yeah, he got killed for making lots of aces of spades. Wow. Uh, cards have been, they were used as paper a lot back then because uh, sometimes, back then especially, a deck of cards was cheaper than buying paper. Because you get really? lots of little pieces of paper that way. And so, like, people would use them as, like, special restaurant cards or they would, like, write letters to other people on them. And uh, e there's even this one thing with orphanages. Like, uh, oftentimes, a baby be left in an orphanage with a playing card on it. And, like, it'd be written on the back, like, his name is this. I can't take care of him because I can't afford to feed him. Stuff like that. If it was a playing card that's ripped in half or cut in half, that means the mom is intending to come back. And she'll bring the matching half and then take the baby back later. If it's a full card, it means that the mom just didn't want to have anything to do with the baby. They can do whatever they want to with it. Wow. Yeah. I, That's interesting and also kind of sad. It's very sad, but I I just could think of they could easily make a movie about some kind of orphan that's like looking for their mother and they'll meet at the end and it will win an Oscar or something when they have the matching half of the card. Uh, nowadays, playing cards... It's actually not one sheet of paper. It's two sheets of paper pressed together make a playing card. And that's what makes it like so slick and like slide easily, which is nice. They always have a really great feel to it. Oh, yeah, the Joker. I almost forgot to mention how the Joker came about. Now, a lot of people think it came from the game Euchre because it sounds similar and you could, with an accent, you could almost make it sound the same. Apparently not. I mean, the word Joker was already a word, but that might be why the word Joker got attached to a card is from the word euchre they needed like one one or two extra cards that could trump anything and they already had the 52 they needed more this was all like in the 1880s it's been it's been a long time and so it started adding in because of that and since then playing cards are huge it's not even popular culture anymore i think it's just this is a thing that exists and everyone knows what it is I don't know what even to call that anymore. Just culture. Yeah, it, it, yeah. There you go. Not pop. It <laughs> it's just so it's culture. So popular, it's ubiquitous. Exactly. Ubiquitous. Ube culture. <laughs> ube. <laughs> we'll start that new term. Ube culture. Yeah, that's good. Hashtag ube culture. I don't know how you spell that. <laughs> that's our hashtag this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So bicycle. That's who we know is the card stuff in America, at least. It's the Bicycle Company. They started in the 1860s. They were just printers at first. They started getting into cards. Uh, the Joker oftentimes was on a bicycle. It, it was originally a penny-farthing bike with like the big, big wheel and the tiny wheel. They made it into a normal bike, and that is kind of how they became Bicycle. The, I mean, I don't think, does Joker still ride a bike? I'm not even sure. I haven't seen a regular deck of cards in a while, just like novelty ones. 
Mm, me neither. Or well, we don't play with jokers when we play whatever kind oh, of yeah. card games I play. I was like, oh, get him out of the way. Well, in or during World War II, Bicycle was contacted secretly by the U.S. government for help. They wanted what? they wanted to send uh, special decks of cards as gifts for prisoners of war who were in German camps. And so they did that. They made special decks of cards and sent them out. When these cards were moistened, you could peel them apart and find sections of a map inside to give escape routes. Wow. Yeah, that's why I mentioned that they are actually two pieces of paper pressed together. They should make a movie about that, unless they already have and I just don't know it. Yeah, they should. That'd be really cool. And then they contacted, contacted them again in the Vietnam War. To get large amounts of Ace of Spades only. Because apparently the other, uh, not the other team, the, the Vietnamese fighters were actually very afraid of the Ace of Spades. So the army would uh, just like put these cards in like trees or in like villages or something. And it would freak out the, and it, it would freak out the Viet Cong army. And they would often not want to even go forward. They would just retreat at a fear when they find it. Because it represents, like, death and suffering. I'm not totally sure how that even became death and suffering of the Ace of Spades. I think it has to do with parallels to the tarot deck, where the Ace of Spades is said to be the parallel to the death card. Oh, weird. Yeah, so Bicycle has a weird history. <laughs> with the military in that sort of way. I think that's most of the card stuff I have that isn't the quiz. Now, this quiz, it is about playing card nicknames. If you've ever watched like the World Series of Poker in the background or anything like that, you know they have nicknames for things. There's stuff like the Dead Man's Hand, which is, I think it was like Wild Bill Hickok. I think it was, was said to have died while or with that poker hand in a poker match fight argument. That wasn't the right words, but <laughs> but yeah, that's supposed a, to be a I think, brawl. Yeah, yeah, a poker brawl. That argument. It's aces and eights back then. But so there are. I, I did some easier ones here, hopefully, and a lot of these you can figure out if you think kind of weird about it. You have to think out of the box to get what these cards are from. And I won't ask you like a full four or five hand thing. That's only going to be two cards. What two cards, when put together, would give you this card slang? If that makes any sense. Okay, I might be really bad at this because I don't know anything about poker or any <laughs> of those kinds of things. Well, you won't have to know poker really other than that there are cards a then two through ten and then jack queen king okay most of this the slang is from popular culture usually like uh here's one orwell what two cards would people call an orwell orwell like george orwell Mm-hmm. it's also called a big brother oh uh... George, big brother. What did George Orwell write? <laughs> yeah, oh. that is the question. <laughs> big brother. 
Is it King and something? It's actually 1984, an eight and a four. Oh, okay. I was, I was thinking 1984, but I was like, there's no 19 and 84 <laughs> card. Yeah, so it's just eight four. They get they get kind of, of tricky about some of these. Uh, how about the Heinz? Heinz? Yes. Like ketchup? Yeah, exactly like ketchup. Ketchup. Hmm. Ketchup. <laughs> is it uh i'm guessing it's a red card no oh no 57 yes it's a five, five and, a seven. and seven yeah see a lot of these are just tricky <laughs> how about the sawmill the fido or the doctor who oh the doctor who Oh, oh, is it a king and a nine? It is. It's K9. Nine. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll find another one. Cherries, boots, the root. That's R O U T E, root. Uh, 66. Yep. Six and six. <laughs> I- I'm skipping some of the way more obscure slang words on here. And also, several of them are very dirty. So I skipped over as many of those as I could, too. All right, let's see another good one. All right, here's my favorite one. Magnum, Obama, Darth Vader, or Luke and Leia? Hmm. Obama, Darth Vader, and Luke and Leia? Yes. What do Obama and Darth Vader <laughs> have in common? <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. Our start, brother and sister. Start with the Obama part. Think of a number that might fit with him. Uh, He's the 44th president? Yes. Now, is, that, is that it? Four and four? That is it. But why could that be Darth Vader or Luke and Leia? Um, may the fourth be with yes. you. Darth Vader really? is what you specifically have a club and a spade for, and Luke and Leia is a heart or a dime or heart and a diamond, because the dark side of the fours and the light side of the fours. Oh, okay. All right, piano keys, snowmen, two fat ladies, time travel. Piano keys, snowmen. Two fat ladies and time travel? Yes. Okay, well, going off of the snowman, I'm thinking it's eight and eight, because it looks like a snowman. It is. They're 88 piano keys and 88 miles per hour in Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what it had to do with time travel. I forgot about Back <laughs> to the Future. I was thinking maybe because it's like the symbol for infinity oh. also, if you turn it sideways. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of. All right, Flying Nazis, Eyes of Texas, Alan Alda, and Batteries. Oh, I don't remember who Alan Alda is. Oh, you don't have to. Uh, What was the thing about Texas? The Eyes of Texas? The Eyes of Texas. Yeah, Flying Nazis and Batteries. Oh, uh, double A's? Double A's? Yes. And 
what I like the most is if you have a uh, Ace of Hearts and an Ace of Diamonds, you can call it Visine because of Red Eyes. Wait, but why is that the heart of, or the eyes of Texas? I was thinking the heart of Texas because I know that. <laughs> I could not That's find. That's in the song. I could not find why it's called the eyes of Texas. I know it's called the flying Nazis because it's supposed to look like a pair of planes. Oh, okay. That seems like kind of a stretch to me, but sure. I skipped even way more stretches than that. All right, how about Quack Quack, Richard Nixon, and Archbishop Desmond? Archbishop Desmond. Quack Quack? Yep. <laughs> a duck? What card looks like a duck? That is the right Wait. way to think about Quack Quack. Uh, a queen and something? It's actually a two and a two. Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, Richard Nixon was the 22nd president. And quack, I guess the twos are also called a quack or a duck. Wait, why? Because I think it's supposed to be like the shape of like sort of a duck. It looks kind of more like a swan than a duck. But it's like a duck oh. in the water is like a, the number two. All right, Kojak, Harry Potter... Starsky and Hutch and the Tucson Monster. A Tucson Monster? Yeah, only two of those will help you. Probably Kojak and Harry Potter. I don't really know what Kojak is. Harry Potter. Hmm. And a Tucson Monster. I lived in Tucson and this isn't helping me at all. <laughs> I don't know why it's called that one, but Harry Potter and Kojak. You don't have to have seen Kojak. It's in the name. What is Kojak? Oh, okay. Oh, is it? Oh, J.K. and yes. Jack and the King because of yes. J.K. Rowling? Exactly. <laughs> uh, how about Snakes or Speed Limit? Snakes or Speed Limit? Oh, so you broke up for a second. Uh, is it a five and a five? It is. Looks like snakes. Uh, how about Jack Bauer, Lumberjack's Hand, The Answer? Uh, two and a four? Yes. And it's weird because some of these could be a four and a two or a two and a four. So it's either yeah, way. Yeah, that threw me hand. off because I know the answer they're referring <laughs> to is 42. I don't know what as Lumberjack's all, is. Yeah, as all good nerds know, the answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. And I know that Jack Bauer is from 24, and I was like, wait, those are two different... Oh, wait. <laughs> How about the trucker's hand? Trucker's hand. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm not sure... Is uh, it a nine and a nine? It's ten four. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was on the right track, but I just didn't get there. I was You're like close. nine breaker breaker one nine or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I didn't even say one and nine. And the last one, Elvis Presley, Gorillas in the Mist, Kangaroos. Elvis Presley. He is the king. 
What was the gorillas in the mist and and kangaroos? Kangaroos. Is it just two kings? It is. It's also called a Krispy Kreme. It's called Gorillas in the Mist because of King Kong, who wasn't in that. He's not a real gorilla. What? That's a different <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yeah, so you passed. Uh, other things that are on here are Royal Feast is a king and an eight because you say, what what's a king or what is a king eight? What did the king eight? That doesn't really work. The king ate a royal feast, though. A flat tire is jack four, because what's a jack four? A flat tire. Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me that one. No, I skipped some of those on purpose. (laughs) Uh, Just general slang. The king can be called the cowboy, uh, the man with the axe. And interestingly, uh, the king actually, or each card is supposed to be a certain person. And on some cards, it's actually written on there that it is. Like, uh, King of Spades is to be King David from the Bible. You have uh, King of Hearts is supposed to be Charlemagne. King of Diamonds is Julius Caesar. And the King of Clubs is Alexander the Great. Let's see, the Queens. It can also be called the Stenographer, Calamity Jane, Helen of Troy, Painted Lady. The Jack can be called Fishhook, Hector, Roland, Valet. Valet? I don't know why it's called a valet, but it is. Because he'll park your car? (laughs) (laughs) The Nine of Diamonds can be called the Curse of Scotland. There's not not a definite answer why it's called the Curse of Scotland. No one knows for sure, but it is. Let's see, Seven can be a candy cane, a hockey stick, a mullet. I like the mullet one. (laughs) A, A slang for six is loyalty at the risk of death. Uh, okay. Four, my favorite one, four was a one-legged ace. I feel like people's, all these names people came up with for the cards and everything was like the original version of writing fanfic. (laughs) It does seem like that. Like, oh my gosh, I totally ship the king of diamonds and the queen of spades. (laughs) Now, if you ever want to be really confused or just, I guess, entertained... Go on the wiki page for a list of playing card nicknames. There are so many things on here, especially when you get to full hands of cards. I'll read a couple of those in a second. I wasn't going to make those part of the quiz. That would just be mean. Uh, The three is also called crab or butts. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, So, yeah, some big hands. Let's start with... All right, so in cards, do you know what a flush is? Um, Is it when... You have a bunch of cards that are in order. That's if you have uh, all five cards of the same suit. Okay. I told you I'm really bad at cards. That's, that's why I asked. A lot of people don't know, so I thought I'd ask. So, yeah, flush if you have five cards are the exact same suit with all five. Now, this isn't a real quiz. This is like a mini quiz. I want to give you a slang and try to guess which suit flush this would be. Puppy feet. Puppy feet. Uh, mm, clubs. It is. It's supposed to look like a bunch of, like puppy paws. Yeah, like paw prints, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's also called like a golf bag because it's full of clubs. Uh, a diamond one is well dressed or decked out. A heart flush is called Valentine's Day. A spade flush is digging deep. Then you can have like the Fibonacci hand, which is Ace Ace Two Three Five. There's like. N- like the Fibonacci numbers? Yep. There's also 2358 King, because King is 13. 
there's all the primes. This Knights of the Round Table is four aces and a king. There, there's, there's the Princess Leia, which is AA two three. There's Buckingham Palace is three kings and two queens. The Nativity is three kings and two aces. There are really weird things. Oh, the Duck is Queen Ace 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 King. I don't think some of the people because it's like quack. Like, quack. <laughs> yeah, I think some of these aren't even real. That someone just went on the wiki page and added them in because they thought of something funny. Uh. The Devil's Convenience Store is 6667-JACK, because Jack is 11. Oh, okay. It, It's really weird. But yeah, so that is a whole bunch of stuff about playing cards, some of which people probably didn't want to know, but they do now. Well, then you know what's coming up soon. What? Valentine's Day. Oh, no. Yeah, speaking of a flush of the hearts. <laughs> Is that when you flush out all your feelings? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because uh, if you have a flush in hearts, it's also called a Valentine's Day. Oh, right. Well, how long do you think greeting cards have been around? All right, I'm going to say we had to have some sort of language first. Unless it was like Egyptian hieroglyphics of greeting cards. So I'm going to say the the 1300s. Uh, Well, you're not too far off. Oh, really? Actually, it... I don't have a specific date before then, but the custom of sending cards has been traced as far back as the ancient Chinese. Of course. Who would exchange messages to celebrate the new year. And the early Egyptians who sent greetings on papyrus scrolls. Oh, wow. So I wasn't too far off. Yeah, but they weren't really so much greeting cards as we know them today. Those started around the early 1400s. Hey, I was So close. you actually, yeah, you were pretty close. Uh, and that started when they were being exchanged in Europe. Oh. Um, in Germany, they had printed, again, New Year's greetings. Was it the master of playing cards that printed those off? Because he was active in Germany in the 1400s. Oh, I don't know. I didn't actually come across him in my research. Um, But they would make New Year's greetings from woodcuts in as as early as 1400. That's pretty cool. And in the early to mid-1400s is when handmade paper valentines were being exchanged in Europe. Oh, cool. So everyone says, you know, Valentine's cards are made up. It's a made up holiday. It's just invented by the card companies. <laughs> but no, it's actually been around since before the commercialization of it that we have today. <laughs> Take that, those people, which is sometimes me. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not super into Valentine's Day, but you know, it's always good to let people that you care about know that you care about them no matter what day of the year it is. My wife's birthday is just like six days before Valentine's Day. So usually it's we have like one big celebration somewhere in the middle because we we don't want to go to restaurants on Valentine's Day. They're going to be so full of people, it'll just be annoying. So we usually celebrate it sometime before or after. That's cool. Also, we don't exchange greeting cards because we know each other. So we usually don't end up buying each other cards. I don't know. That might be a weird thing. But, but we <laughs> we just tell each other stuff. Yeah, we me and my boyfriend uh, I think I've gotten him a card once or twice, and one time he got me this really big card, like, you know those cards that are, like, two feet tall or something oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That> you can... <laughs> he got me one of those once, and also a pinata that was Ooh. shaped like a star filled with a bunch of random things, and it was pretty awesome. That does sound cool. I think the only time I give greeting cards now, I usually give them to be funny. Like, I'll give my sister one for the wrong birthday year. I'll get her, like, a Hanukkah card for Christmas. Just weird stuff that she would think was funny. Yeah, I'm a big fan of if I do have to get a card, I always go for the funny card and not the serious, sentimental two-pole paragraphs about <laughs> how much I feel the depths of joy for your existence cards. <laughs> I don't understand those cards because if you feel that much, just tell them you feel that much. It's going to be yeah, that much information. Feelings, if your feelings are that real, meaningful, and deep, you should be able to conjure up some type of words to <laughs> express them yourself. And how many people would those exact detailed paragraphs apply to? They have to keep them nice and vague. Well, as you may learn soon, a lot of people then. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if they exactly apply, but they're buying them. Okay. <laughs> because by the 1850s, the greeting card had turned into, well, it started as a relatively expensive, actually, handmade and hand-delivered gift. Oh, to a popular and affordable means of communicating your feelings or well wishes to another due to advances in printing and the introduction of the postage stamp in 1840. That probably helped a lot. Yeah, because before then, I guess there wasn't really a like a national, at least in the Western world, the national mail systems that we know today, like the United States Post Office wasn't around back then. <laughs> well, the United States was barely around back then. Not even the Pony Express but, yet. Uh, yeah, well, maybe the Pony Express. Oh. But before all of that, people would just basically probably give it to, like, their butler or whoever <laughs> delivered messages for them and be like, hey, go take this to my friend that lives over in Yorkshire or whatever. <laughs> Maybe, like, the the small-time village version of, like, FedEx. Yeah, something like that. So... Once they started getting everything to where it was more automated and they could print on a large scale production 
and they had these handy-dandy postage stamps, people started sending cards a lot more frequently. The first Christmas card that was known to be published was in London in 1843. Wow. Yeah, so Christmas cards, actually, Valentine's cards predate Christmas cards. Whoa. So, if you're going to say that anything has been commercialized, (laughs) You should point at Christmas cards. Nah, Christmas has never been commercialized. Nah. No. It's just like a quiet little holiday that people sometimes celebrate. And nobody spends any money. They just stay home with their family, thinking about how happy they are to be together. And you only ever see Christmas stuff probably the the week before, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then it's off the shelves, like, the day after. I can't believe I'm already seeing... Easter stuff. It's not Valentine's Day. I started seeing Valentine's Day stuff like the day after Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. But I was so surprised. I saw Reese's eggs. They sell Reese's hearts. Why does that also sell Reese's eggs in January? I didn't know Reese's hearts were a thing. They're really cashing in on all those holidays now. Yeah, all of them that might have a slightly oval-looking symbol. <laughs> hey, the trees were at least a little bit of an effort. It was like an oval with a tiny stem on the bottom. The hearts are like flattened ovals. The egg is the they easy just, one. They just kind of smash down the, the leftover <laughs> eggs into a heart shape. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, Halloween is just what a, like a pumpkin. It's what's had a smashed egg with a stem on the top. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. They just move the stem around. <laughs> So, anyway, that was the first Christmas card, and then, uh, in the 1800s, uh, Valentine cards started getting more popular when, in 1849, Esther Howland, who was a woman from Massachusetts, hold on, I can say it's (laughs) Massachusetts, (laughs) was the first publisher of Valentine's in the U.S. And she sold her first handmade Valentine in 1849. And then she eventually went on to start a firm specializing in producing Valentine's cards. Oh. So, yeah, that was the first um, occurrence of them in the U.S. So... Everybody, blame her for your Valentine's card conundrums. Thanks a lot, lady. What's her name again? Esther Howland. Yeah, Esther. Now, now, not playing cards. Now, greeting cards are everywhere. So, when talking about greeting cards, it's hard not to mention the name that is almost synonymous with greeting cards today, at least in the U.S. Is it Hallmark? (laughs) Why, yes, it is. (laughs) Fun fact, I used to work for Hallmark. Oh, really? Yeah, not anything big time. I had a job uh, to go to various stores and switch out their cards for the new cards. Hmm. And did you know... (laughs) not so fun no it wasn't super fun the most interesting thing i learned about it though 
is that like the trays of cards, like well, I don't know if this is everywhere, but at least the lower ones tilt forward and the extra ones are inside. Like you can like Whoa. tip the whole it's like a container inside that you just tip the whole thing over and hey, there's stuff in there, boxes full of cards. That's cool. I still have my name tag. Anyway, sorry, Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hallmark, don't come after us to reclaim your name tag. <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, do you know how Hallmark got started since you worked for them? I learned nothing about their company history. Okay, well, um, do you know how long it's been around? The 1400s. Now, I, I want to say <laughs> the 1870s. You're a little early. Oh. In fact, you're about 40 years too early. 1910s. <laughs> yes. Oh, ding, ding, ding. I'm good. I, I guess that all by myself. I'll edit it amazing. so I don't have my first guess. No fair. You do the editing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So actually, yes, in 1910, uh, Joyce Clyde Hall, who was a man, thank you, despite having oh. a first name, Joyce. Does he go by Mark? Uh, no. So his actually, name would be Hall, he comma, goes, Mark. He actually goes by JC. Oh, that that makes sense then. Wait, there was a JC in the 1910s? Oh, well, I get uh, JC Penny. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was probably not that far off. His middle name was Cash. But uh, we'll save that for our M is for Malls episode. <laughs> I do want to do that. Uh, but good. Anyway, he um, arrived in Kansas City, Missouri as an 18-year-old in 1910, and he didn't have anything according to the Hallmark website anyway. <laughs> he didn't have anything but two shoeboxes of postcards with him. What? He didn't have much money, and he had these postcards... So he started selling the postcards and he made a name for himself by doing so. Oh. Then his brother, Rolly, at least I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Rolly, Rolly, it's R O L L I E. Yeah, we'll go with Rolly. It sounds fun. So he joined him in this business, and they named the company Hall Brothers. Oh, they're so close. <laughs> so, but then tragedy quickly befell them when, in 1915, a fire destroyed their office and all of their inventory. Oh, no. So they took the only thing that wasn't burned, which was their safe, and they started a new shop. And they were pretty far in debt. They had about $17,000 of debt, but I don't know how much that was back then. Probably a lot. <laughs> and But they decided to keep going, so postcard sales started going down, and they realized that the public was actually looking for something, a more private form of communication than a postcard, which... As you know, if you're mailing a postcard, like, anyone that sees it can read it. Yeah. <laughs> so, not a lot of privacy in a postcard. So, they added a lid? <laughs> so, yeah, they started making uh, high-quality Valentine's and Christmas cards that were 
mailed in envelopes. Oh. And then after the fire, they decided to buy printing presses and start producing their own greeting cards in 1915. That was a good idea. Now they have a channel. Yeah, and they can get out of debt. Yeah. <laughs> Will they succeed? I think you already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to so guess then, yes. Yeah, well, we wouldn't know them today if they had failed. So, after they were having some success with these greeting cards and envelopes, uh, they decided to kind of start branching out. Because if you've ever been in a Hallmark store today, especially, you know that cards are definitely not the only thing they sell. Yeah. There is all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> there are, like, stuffed animals, personalized mugs. All kinds of figurine, <laughs> chocolate. Everything. Beanie Babies? But, yeah, oh, we'll get to that later, too. Uh-oh. Uh, but actually, the, the one of the first things they decided to branch out into was a uh, gift wrap. Oh, gift wrap. So, during the Christmas season, they ran out of... I guess whatever they were wrapping gifts in, that was just like a solid colored paper. And they started improvising by using uh, French envelope linings to wrap the gifts in. That was, they were had like fancy decorations on them or patterns. And then they started selling out of those really quickly. So they were like, hey, this thing is obviously popular, and they decided to start printing their own gift wrap. Really? They printed gift wrap? Oh, I guess you, I guess you do yeah. do that. I didn't even think about that before. Yeah, so they kind of, at least according to their website, again, quote-unquote invented modern gift wrap. Wow. So, do you know why... They have the name Hallmark. Uh, I'm going to guess the Hall part is because of the Hall brothers. Yes. And they made a mark on history? Um, not quite. Um, Mr. JC was... He liked the word Hallmark because it was used by goldsmiths as a mark of quality. Oh. And... So he liked that. He likes the quality thing because obviously he wants to say that his product is quality, but also the hall part because it had his family name in it. So it was perfect. That's sort of cheating. And then in, yeah, so in 1928, they started marketing under the Hallmark name and they started putting it on the back of every card like they do today. That's really cool. And also, that year, in 1928, they were the first greeting card company to advertise nationally. And it appeared in the Ladies' Home Journal. <laughs> I guess they're marketing to who they think are going to buy stuff, I guess. Yep, it was the good housekeeping of the day. <laughs> But it was probably even more popular because it was one of the few magazines around at the time. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he also decided to advertise on radio. 
and he sponsored a radio program called Tony Wan's Radio Scrapbook. <laughs> Tony Wan's, that's not a great name. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of program that is. <laughs> I want to I want to listen to it. But it sounds pretty hilarious. Uh yeah, so he was really into trying out new things and he jumped on this whole national advertising bandwagon pretty quickly, which turned out to pay off for him pretty well. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, one thing you may have noticed in Hallmark stores is that they have a lot of Disney stuff. They do. And that is because in 1932, Hallmark signed its first licensing agreement with Walt Disney. I did not know that. Yeah, so they got on that gravy train real early. <laughs> yeah. And keep riding the success all the way till today. That was a good idea for them. Yeah, so you might say that Mr. Hall was uh, the Walt Disney of greeting cards. <laughs> you might say <laughs> that. He saw opportunities and jumped on them and it ended up working out pretty well for him. Yeah, he's a good businessman then. Too bad there's not stuff like that that's easy to invent anymore. Yeah, everything's already been invented today, other than stuff that you have to be like Elon Musk to come up with. <laughs> yeah. Maybe now you need to come up with like a cool app to figure it all out now. Yeah. So, one more fact about Hallmark. Um,. I'm not sure if you're familiar with their slogan. I'm not. It's when you care enough to send the very best. Huh? So it's basically like, hey, if you really care about this person, you'll send them a Hallmark card. <laughs> that is clever. And they've had that as their slogan beginning in 1944. Wow. Just like World War II. I mean, it was in there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was written by Ed Goodman, who was their a sales and marketing executive at Hallmark at the time. It, it, they still use it today? Um, I think so. I feel like I've seen it, like, semi-recently. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so Hallmark had a lot to do with shaping how the modern greeting card industry is today, actually. That's cool. Now I know a lot about Hallmark. Thanks, Mr. Mark Hall. Or J.C. Hall. Yes, J.C. <laughs> Not Mark. Thanks, Joyce. Um. So, Ben... I don't know if you've ever gotten a lot of greeting cards in the mail, but how many cards do you think the person who holds the Guinness record for the most greeting cards received has? Oh, man. Uh, is this, like, over all time or, like, on, like, one holiday? Um, it's It's all time. 
one million. <laughs> you are far too low. Oh god, is it Santa? No. No, wait, those are letters. Santa you know, zip card. Is one billion. Um, that may be a little high. Who is this person? Uh, well, it's actually Craig Sharegold, who was born in 1979. Oh, yeah, the famous one. And he was a British former cancer patient, and he received an estimated 350 million greeting cards. Wow. Was he famous for his cancer? Well, he was actually diagnosed with what at the time they thought was terminal brain cancer at the age of nine. Oh, man. So his friends and family, they started a chain letter campaign to get people to send him greeting cards. Was it like, if you don't send a greeting card, you'll be haunted in three days? I don't know, but that's pretty <laughs> dark. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean by by the guy. <laughs> I was just trying to think that's what chain mail letters all or chain emails always say. Yeah, or it's like, oh, your crush will either kiss you or you will your mom will break her spine or <laughs> wait, no, that's step on a crack, break your mother's back. <laughs> Don't send a card, break your mother's back. <laughs> break your mother's heart. Hard to <laughs> Um, no. Well, actually, they they started this chain letter campaign. I don't know what they threatened people with, but they wanted to have the goal of beating the record for 1,065,000 greeting cards received. So people started sending him greeting cards, and he got them from all over the world, including from people like Madonna and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. That's an awful lot of people and famous people. I'd, I'd never even heard of this. Yeah, I hadn't either. And then uh, the Children's Wish Foundation, which I guess is similar to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, they were involved in the campaign in the early stages, uh, but then they got overwhelmed by the volume of cards. But then later they tried to... Uh, say that they weren't connected at all with the chain letter campaigns <laughs> because of the negative connotation of chain letters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they had this campaign and he started getting tons of greeting cards. So in 1991, he was added to the Guinness Book of World Records as having a little over 16 million get well cards by May of 1990. And then in 1992, he was in the book again for having received 33 million cards by May 1991. Oh, man. So, you don't worry, though. This story actually has a happy ending. Oh, good. <laughs> because, although they thought he had terminal brain cancer, um, he started to get worse, but then his... So, he was in England... And his British doctors thought that he may only have, like, a few weeks left to live. Um, but then a Virginia billionaire named John Klug, <laughs> Klug, K-L-U-G-E, uh, he, 
he heard about his illness and he arranged for him to travel to the U.S. for a new type of operation. So he was operated on in 1991 at the University of Virginia Medical Center and they were able to remove almost all of his tumor except for a small fragment that was benign. And he grew up to become a healthy adult. That's good. And according to Wikipedia, he's still alive today. Oh, nice. And he doesn't want to get any more cars. <laughs> I bet. So he shut that down. See, when you were saying that uh, they thought he had a brain tumor, I thought it was all going to end up with he was faking it. Just to get a whole <laughs> no, bunch of cards. To <laughs> just to break a world no. record. That would be a much different story. Um, but speaking of the story, they actually made a made-for-TV movie about it on... in November 2001. Was it on Hallmark? On... It was on, no, actually, that would be too perfect. It was on PAX TV. Oh, Hallmark really dropped it the was... ball. It was called The Miracle of the Cards. That's the best they could do. Yeah, well, it featured Kirk Cameron <laughs> as a cynical reporter, if that tells you anything. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I was going to say I was going to, but then as I started to think about it, I probably don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I did a better job just now telling you the story than the movie may do. <laughs> Pro yeah, probably. That's a I, I agree with that. You know what? I wouldn't collect all of those cards. Well, speaking of collecting <laughs> cards, Ben. Let's see how contrived have... we can make our our transitions from now on. <laughs> Just like totally morning TV show it up. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, speaking of cards... <laughs> no um well actually you know a lot of people collect cards as a hobby i have pokemon cards and i much to my shame i will admit here in front of you today <laughs> well virtually in front of you that i too once upon a time collected cards but they were not baseball cards or any other normal kind of collector's cards uh -oh. or even pokemon cards i collected beanie baby cards <laughs> oh really yes much like i also collected beanie babies as all good 90s kids did hoping that eventually we would be able to sell them for a huge profit and as you see now we are all millionaires yeah, there's not well, just a couple of boxes at my parents' house <laughs> sitting up in a closet somewhere gathering dust. Maybe you have one of the rare ones. No. You gotta check. Yeah, so I not only fell for the Beanie Baby craze, I also collected Beanie Baby cards because, of course, those are gonna be worth something someday, too. <laughs> Maybe some of those are. And I had a whole book that, just like when people do is like sports cards or whatever, I put them in this book with these little laminated pouches <laughs> for each card. 
And I would buy the packs of like 10 or 20 and try to get new Beanie Babies. And you could collect all the cards for all the Beanie Babies. And there were special ones that were like fancy and like foil cover. Ooh, you got a holographic? <laughs> yeah. You got a holographic <laughs> chocolate the moose? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I had chocolate the moose. But I know I was always trying to get that uh, the Princess Die Bear one. Everybody wanted that one. Oh, yeah. I have a holographic Venusaur and Blastoise, but not a Charizard. Oh. I know. I was so disappointed. But yeah, I think those are the only cards that I actually collected, which is probably one of the nerdiest things that I've ever done before <laughs> I even really knew that I was a nerd. Yeah, that that would definitely qualify. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people know that about me. <laughs> now, like, seven people might know about it after this goes out. <laughs> Maybe even eight. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of trading cards and collectible trading cards, it's time for Almost All Facts, where I will give you some things, some facts, some are not. You have to figure out which one is not a fact. Uh, this week I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Last or Usually I give you three things. One of them is not real. This time I have four questions. Each question is a list of five things. Of those five, one is not real and the other four are real. Oh boy, that's a lot of choices. Okay. That's because there's so many interesting ones, I couldn't cut any out. Well, I cut out a lot, but... Alright, so these are going to be media or properties or something. Of which there are trading cards made, or were trading cards made. I will give you a list of five. One of them did not have collectible trading cards made of them. And the other four have. So first, okay. we'll go to some movies. Fievel Goes West. The NeverEnding Story. Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. The Cat in the Hat. Harry and the Hendersons. So four of those, four of those had collectible trading cards. I can't, I can't imagine having trading cards for any of them. <laughs> I mean, I Five Old Goes West is cool and all, and the Neverending Story was pretty popular back in the day, but trading cards. I know. Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> okay, what were the other two? Uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, and The Cat in the Hat, the one with Mike Myers. Cat in the Hat. Oh, the one with Mike Myers? Yeah, because it's specifically movies. Okay, well, that movie was terrible, so I'm hoping that that one is the one that's false. It is actually the never-ending story. Oh. All of the other ones had trading cards. Uh, number two, these are TV shows. Mork and Mindy, The A-Team, Alias, Dinosaurs, Cheers, and The Brady Bunch. I just noticed I wrote six there accidentally instead of five. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, you're not stopping. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Hmm... I was going to say going on the trend, I would think it's the older stuff that had trading cards. 
But then I remembered the cat in the hat was the answer, and that was actually the most recent, I think, of those. Yeah, I think so. Movies. So, okay, dinosaurs, I can see that having cards. The Brady Bunch? Well, I guess there's so many of them, they might lend themselves to cards. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. That one's old, so I'm just going to go with yes. And... What, Cheers? Yeah, the A-Team, Alias, and Cheers. A-Team. Okay, Alias seems like the odd one out of this bunch, so I'm going to go with Alias. It is Cheers! Oh, no! <laughs> I know. I was surprised there weren't trading cards of it. I googled and couldn't find anything. All right, question three is about music. Hootie and the Blowfish, the Spice Girls, Christina Aguilera, Duran Duran, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, man, these are hard. <laughs> I feel like there was definitely Spice Girls ones because they had a movie. <sighs> Duran Duran... I don't really know much about them other than I'm pretty sure they do that Hungry Like the Wolf song. That's the only thing I also know. <laughs> uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Really, is anyone into Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> Sorry if you are, but I'm going to go with Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes, that is correct. That one is not Yay! one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. All right, and the last question has to do with just stuff products uh, it's actually kind of funny the first one is beanie babies Yay. so yes <laughs> uh hot wheels mcdonald's craftsman tools slinky okay craftsman tools sounds really weird but it's such a non sequitur that i don't think that you would have just thrown that in there Slinky? Was that like asking for them the list or was that your answer? No, I'm just, <laughs> well, maybe because I'm, I mean, there's only the slinky is the slinky. Like, how are you going to make cards out of that? There's not like variations of it other than like plastic and metal. And plastic heart shaped one. The rainbow slinky. Oh, okay. One on the stairs. Fine, I'm not picking slinky. <laughs> uh,. Oh, Craftsman Tools. That's just so weird, though. And I know it's not Beanie Babies. <laughs> what were the other options? Hot Wheels and McDonald's. Okay, those things seem like they definitely have trading cards. The Craftsman I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm going to have to go with Slinky. It is Slinky, yes. I put it on there trying to think, how would you even you have trading to cards of Slinky? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Well, hey, you got two out of two, which is pretty good on random lists of things. And before we go, we actually have some feedback. Oh, hey, cool. Yeah, Trent Armstrong, formerly of the Mannerscast. Mannerscast.com. Uh, he wrote in after our first episode. He said, thanks for the fun and educational podcast. I'm glad I checked it out. He wrote his quiz answers 
on uh, the silent letter things. In, in Jalapeno, oh. we talked about the little tilde above the N. You said it's pronounced an Inye. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know it was pronounced an Inye. Oh, yeah. I think I may have mentioned that at some point. Uh, he said, great quiz, thanks. And when he worked as a spot news reporter for a news station after college, he had to listen to the police scanner to know when something potentially newsworthy happened. Uh, he listened to the police call out license plates with a NATO phonetic alphabet, so there's a time when he couldn't look at one without reading it that way. He said, I got, it got to be really annoying to me, and I had to really focus pretty hard to stop myself from doing that. Cheers, Trent. Wow. Cool. Thanks, Trent. So Trent surely aced that half of the quiz. And we just learned some Trent trivia. Some Trent trivia. That doesn't really work. Well, thanks, Trent, for listening. Yeah. We'll workshop it. Let us know how you did on the playing card slang from that time you were in college and had to listen to the police scanner while they played poker. Busted up all those illegal poker parties. Yeah. I guess that's it. For C is for cards. So next week is D for uh, dung. Dishwashers? <laughs> um, debutantes. Well, tune in that time for more. I almost forgot. If you want to leave some feedback or just check us out, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Um... We are. I have a website, alphabetscoopcast.blogspot.com. Also, email alphabetscoopcast at gmail.com. Facebook, alphabetscoop. And Twitter, alphabetscoop. I think that's it. That's everything. So, if you want to contact us, do one of those things. And, t and hashtag, what, what was the hashtag? Hashtag. You. Ube. Uh, I forgot the second word. The I remembered yoube. <laughs> yoube culture. Hashtag yoube culture. You figure out how to spell it. <laughs> so until next time. Catch you later. Say lovey. And then it plays the music. Ciao. Oh, ciao. Yeah, ciao. <laughs> See ya if you spell it like that. And if you do, I hate you. Oh.